Hi, everyone, and welcome back to another week of Selective Hearing. I am your host, Julie DeMar, and this week, yes, again, I am back with a special guest. Today, we're going to be discussing the power of self-talk. So your words hold so much power, and we probably don't even think about how strong and how loud our inner dialogue really is. So what voices are you choosing to listen to? The negative ones or the positive ones? Regardless of what those voices may be, we are going to discuss them all today. So before we get started, I would like you all to meet Miss Abby Hegney. And Abby is going to join this discussion with us today, and she is going to offer us some wonderful advice and perspective on self-talk. Thanks for having me today. I'm excited to be here to talk about this. I am very passionate about helping people, especially women, with self-talk. It's something that I really struggled with for most of my life. I guess I'll start with an introduction. I'm Abby Hegney and I am a board certified health and mindset coach. And I really focus in on helping women to quiet that inner mean girl that we all have. And I say inner mean girl, I will caveat that as it may be an inner critic, an inner voice, whatever um, that works for you. For me, it's an inner mean girl and she has been there since I was 12 years old. And it really started with a single comment. A gymnastics coach said to me one time, just be careful not to gain weight. And I took that comment very literally, and it really stuck with me for the next 20 years. And it was a lot of self-criticism that followed that. It was a lot of restrictions and guilt and shame and using food and movement in ways that were very unhealthy. And it really came down to self-talk and what I was telling myself and the story that I just kept repeating. And every time I repeated it, it just got louder and stronger in my mind, more factual. And I think that is the biggest thing that impacts us as humans and particularly us women. I agree. I have a similar story, but mine started a lot younger but it started in childhood. So my relationship with negative dialogue, or as I actually named my inner voice, Monica, mm -hmm. my relationship with Monica began as a child. And it was because I had a lot of negative adults in my life, unfortunately, who used to project. And they used a lot of the things that they felt about themselves against me. So when I got older, I stopped hearing their voices and I started hearing my own. Mm -hmm. And what I've learned is that I was repeating the things that they used to tell me. I started to believe them. And I started to plant those seeds of doubt in myself. And in doing that, I self-sabotaged. I battled with self-esteem and, you know, all kinds of issues that I don't think that a lot of us even realize that when we're having those conversations with ourselves, the effect that it has. Uh, yeah. Like, and the effect yeah. can be so great either way. So yeah. this is why this is one of my like favorite things to talk about and bring to the table because it's not something that I feel like we like discuss openly mm -hmm. as common, as frequently as I think that we should. And so I feel like the more that we address it and bring awareness to it and even maybe there's someone walking around having a conversation with themselves right now and don't even know like what yeah. self-talk is 
Mm -hmm. So it's nice to like have these conversations and share these kind of things to hopefully inspire someone to find help or begin the process of healing from that part of it and to start having healthier, safer conversations with themselves. Yeah. And I love that you brought that up because I think there's, there's two parts to that. There's part of us that can feel ashamed by that story in our head and not want to talk about it because we think we're alone in the situation. We're the only ones that talk to ourselves like this. And then on the flip side, which is where I think I found myself was that I didn't even know that it was wrong for me. I just thought this is what women and girls did. I thought we criticized ourselves. I thought we didn't like our bodies. I thought we used movement as punishment to burn off calories and to stay small and food was good or bad and I remember my mom pointing it out at one point and like being like there's something wrong here like you have a problem with food and we need to talk about this and I was like no I don't like because it was just so normal to me I had been doing it for so long and you know 20 years of, of doing this it's hard to picture life any other way and so I do think we need to talk about it more because I know like when I found coaching, which is what helped me to get out of this, like I got pregnant with my son and I realized like how unhealthy I had been. I had to do something that I had spent 20 years avoiding doing. I knew I had to gain weight and I didn't know how to do that. And when coaching showed me what I had really been saying to myself and how unhealthy I had lived, it was like, oh my gosh, I'm not the only one. Like there are other women out there that struggle with this every day. Just like you said, somebody might be hearing this and being like, wait a minute, that inner dialogue. Yeah, it's like, that's a, that's a story, right? And so as soon as I realized how life-changing it was, I was like, I have to do this. I have to, you know, I was not a coach when I learned this, but I was like, I have to do this. Like women need to know that we can get out of this and that it's not the restrictions. It's not depriving ourselves or feeling guilty guilty or shame. It's really listening to that inner story. One of the nice things that my coach did was like, why are you speaking to yourself that way again? Yeah. You take time and patience and grace in conversations with others. You're considerate to how they feel when you use your words. Why aren't you doing the same thing for yourself? And I was like, huh. I couldn't even answer or say anything. It was just like, like that changed the perspective of everything because it's like okay yeah why why am I choosing to be so harsh on myself and like we all know like we're our worst critics and we you know we're the hardest on ourselves but like just learning that and having her like put things into the perspective of you have to give yourself that same amount of grace yeah that changes a lot yeah when you say those sentences to yourself would you say those out loud would you say them to somebody else? And for me, that was a really big thing. You know, when I was going through this, when I realized how unhealthy I had been, I was pregnant and I just kept thinking like, do I want my child to think this way about themselves? Would I ever say these words to my child growing up? And I think even if they don't hear the words, they feel how you are thinking about yourself. They can pick up on that energy when you look in the mirror, when you look at a photo and want to delete it, even though it's a photo of a memory that you've captured in your life. Like I think that there's all of these subtle cues that other people pick up on. And for me, I want to give my children the best chance 
at living a life free of that inner mean girl. So I know we kind of like dove right in and just started having the conversation, <laughs> but <laughs> we dove right on in. <laughs> but it's definitely because you can tell like some of the subjects that I feel so strongly about because it's like it just comes natural and we just start talking about it right away <laughs> but I am going to ask the question what is self-talk mm, yeah I think self-talk I think first of all to realize they are just sentences in your brain they're just sentences inside your head. I think a lot of the time we have told ourselves these same stories over and over again. So it's the way you're talking to yourself, but they're just sentences in your head and they can feel like they are the facts of the world sometimes. But when you can bring it back to this is just a sentence in my head and it's like written in like a number two pencil, like you can erase that and rewrite it. I think that is really key, but it really is. They're just thoughts that we are having that we are choosing to cling on to. And we have so many of them. What is it like 70,000 thoughts a day? But there are certain ones that we choose to stick with. So I think it's the narrative of our lives, the narrative that we are telling ourselves over and over and over again. One big thing that I think is like amazing to do or to put into practice is affirmations. Mm. And um, starting your day with the dialogue that with positive dialogue so you can set the tone for the day and like this this doesn't equal perfection at all everybody but it's just you may wake up in a mood but you don't want to hold on to that for the day mm -hmm. so like certain things that i do is say today i want to feel mm -hmm. it's a bad day happy and calm Mm -hmm. You know, like you don't have to be like a cheerleader, <laughs> but mm -hmm. just I want to be happy and calm or present in the moment. You know, I don't want to allow these negative feelings that I have, you know, to just snowball mm -hmm. and take over the day. So I want to be happy and calm and in the moment. That's like a, a great way, like for me, I'll say for me to start the day. And I'll say like, I'm grateful for today. I'm grateful for my health. I'm grateful for my kids. Like just things that really mean a lot to me. Mm -hmm. And as I'm saying these things, if I'm in the shower, doing my hair, getting the boys up, getting their day started, I notice just in me saying these things to myself and then me moving throughout the day, I start to shift. And, and I know like some people, they count backwards from five. I've read about that, you know, like all different kind of things. My thing is like when Monica is her name, when Monica shows up, I say, uh-uh, girl, not today. That's my thing. Yeah. I'm like, I don't have time, girl, not today. Mm -hmm. But I learned when I was doing that, that it disrupts her. And then I can lead into something else instead of going down that rabbit hole of, oh, here you, you're doing it again or, you know, something like that. And it's just taking that, that time for yourself, giving yourself that time and that space to be like, okay, recognize what's going on, acknowledge how you feel, don't feel bad for feeling, mm -hmm. and then like set the tone for yourself. So mm -hmm. that that's kind of how I cause and affect my self-talk. So what, what are some of the things that you do? Yeah, and I love that you start with a feeling because that if our feelings are something we hide from so often, right? Like it's why we, overeat it's why we 
you know, indulge in social media and shopping and all of these things to hide these negative emotions. But when we can start with how we want to feel, we can layer things back to that and, and find how are we going to find that feeling of calm and, and gratitude. And I love that you brought up gratitude because that's something I come back to a lot of just bringing myself back to, I have everything that I need in this moment. Where I am right now is exactly where I'm supposed to be. I think we can often get caught up in the self-talk of when I get here or once I feel this way or when I lose the weight or whatever that thing is, we have to start with where we are now. If we can't find happiness and gratitude and calm and all of those things where we are now, we're never going to feel them when we get there, right? It's still always going to be something else that comes up that's making us not feel grateful or, or happy. I like to come back to that. And like you said, surround myself with the present moment, what's happening right now. And it's not about, like you said, it's these affirmations aren't about taking yourself to a place where everything is like, you know, positive poly and, and so wonderful and great. But I think changing the negative self-talk into useful thoughts. You know, we don't have to be happy all of the time, but we also don't have to be negative. So like when I was really struggling with my body, when I decided that change needed to happen, I couldn't go from hating myself to loving myself, but I could stop hating myself. So similar to you, when those thoughts creeped in, when that inner mean girl was like there in my ear telling me like, you're too this, you're too that, you you shouldn't have done this, you shouldn't do this, whatever. I just said like, hold on. <laughs> Thank you for creeping in because they really are that voice is trying to keep us safe. Change is scary for our minds. And that voice is like, hey, stay in this little comfort zone of everything that you've already known. And so acknowledging it was really powerful for me. It's like, I hear you, but you're no longer driving the car. Like you get in the back seat. You can be here. I'll take you to where you want to be. You can get out but I'm driving. And that was a really powerful thing to me because it just brought me back to feeling in control where for a long, long time, I didn't feel in control. I felt like everything was out of my hands. I wasn't happy. You know, it was all, all of that stuff. Once I get there, I'll be happy. But I brought it back to, I'm in control now. You can say those things. That doesn't mean I have to listen to them. And then it was really just practice. Like, what are the stories that I do want to tell myself? And a lot of it was, this is me. This is this is my body. I woke up today. My body helps me to move, you know, or, you know, I have everything I need right now. Those are like some really powerful things, powerful conversations to have with yourself. And like it is, I think, because, oh my gosh, I feel like when affirmations became a trend and I did it like that, because like at first it was like, um, I'm going to be a millionaire, you know, like those kind of, those kind of things that I feel like a lot of people <laughs> embrace, like those unrealistic expectations or uh, views of what mm -hmm. an affirmation is and what speaking these things what the idea of them meant, you know? And it was like, I like that we're starting to see them kind of be pulled into realistic focus and be more, become more grounded. Like, no, it's not, I'm gonna be a millionaire and saying that five times a day. And then what happened? I'm not a millionaire. And now I'm disappointed and I'm angry and I'm, you know, all these different things. But like, yeah, just taking it back to saying like, I'm safe in this moment. Yeah. I'm okay in this moment. I'm going to be okay. Like those are real, realistic expectations. 
those are things that won't where you won't set yourself up for failure and put yourself into another spiral Mm. of having those kind of negative conversations with yourself I like that you you know said those kind of things because it's it's so true like if we put ourselves in a position where we can be successful that's going to also aid us having kinder conversations with ourselves Mm-hmm. So yeah. what do you find as a coach? Because I know you shared what kind of led to your own experience with self-talk, but what do you find is like some of the most common um, things that people come to you with that um, kind of cause them to start having these kind of conversations with themselves? Yeah. So a lot of the women I work with, you know, they're on a health journey of some sort, um, whether that is weight loss or it's body confidence or it's um, taking time for themselves is a really big thing. I work with a lot of moms and it's just the the guilt that creeps in about, you know, taking any amount of time for themselves versus being there for their kids and people pleasing is another thing. And so I think all of these things kind of go back to these stories of number one, they say, I've tried everything and nothing works. So if you ever want to feel defeated, tell yourself that you've already tried everything and nothing else works out there. Because that just like halts you in your steps. It's like, well, might as well quit trying here. And so I think these little thoughts about like, there's nothing else I can do, or I feel so out of control. That was one for me too, where I didn't feel like I had control over my body. I didn't feel like I had control around food. It's like you're giving all of your control away to something else right for many women that's food it's like i can't control myself and there's cookies in the house like you just took an inanimate object and gave it all the control (laughs) you have and so i think it just really creeps in and to that point of like i want to be here but i don't believe i can be there and so like you said it's finding what is the realistic belief that you can find because it's not you know, I loved how you pointed it out. If you sit around and tell yourself you're a millionaire all day and the money doesn't come out of the sky, do you then feel defeated and believe that you'll never be a millionaire? Versus if you told yourself, I have what it takes to become a millionaire, and then that inspires you to take the actions that you need to take to make a million dollars, right? Or to make $5 million or $10 million. You have to pair a powerful and useful mindset with the actions to get you to where you want to be. So with my clients, it's like, we start with what do you believe is possible for you today or this week? And that may just be something simple of, I can take five minutes for myself every day, or I can go out for a walk, or I can decide to not go back for seconds or whatever it may be. But finding that small step in a world where we we want the big, massive results, what's the small result that you can accomplish today or this week? The more that you accomplish, the more it builds up evidence in your mind that you are the person that can achieve that bigger result, right? Like our brains want evidence for it. And when we have negative self-talk, we look for all of the evidence to back up that negative self-talk. And we have to retrain it to look for all of the evidence that's going to inspire us to believe that our goals are possible. And every little step, every little win does that. But we just have to be willing to look for it. When I um, started this show, I started like in my living room on the couch. But before like just saying, I'm just going to do it, I um, had this giant like almost the view, you know, the talk kind of panelist thing 
in my mind and I was producing this this giant show. Never say, now, now everyone listening, I don't want you to think that it's never gonna get there because I'm definitely, <laughs> that's a goal, working toward, you know, working towards that. But I set the bar so high mm. and when I did that, and there's nothing wrong with setting the bar high for yourself, but at that time, it was like, were my goals and my dreams in alignment with the season that I'm currently in? Mm. And they were not. So the scale, there was no balance. And when things kind of didn't work out, I gave up. Mm. At the time, I was pregnant with my first child and I needed, I had that conversation with myself like you, like, hey, I literally said out loud, you are not okay. And you don't want your kid to grow up the way you did. So you need to figure something out because there's a baby coming. And doing that, that kind of, you know, when one thing is going on in your life, it'll spill over into everything else. So it was like, the show wasn't going to go in that direction because that wasn't the season I was in. But when I had an opportunity to come back around and try it out, when I got a new idea that was more realistic and it was more manageable, it was a manageable goal. I was like, I'm going to do it right now. Everybody's at home. It was like the height of the pandemic. Everybody's on the internet scrolling. And I just went live from my couch and just started talking about a lot of the things that we're talking about now on this show. And it grew. It grew year after year into a blog, now into a podcast. And one day, it'll be that panel discussion. But it, I said all that, everybody, to say this. Like, when you're trying to accomplish something or you want to accomplish something in life, pull back and ask yourself, where are you in life? And what can you do in this season? What's going to be manageable? What can you do? Like you said, like the five minutes a day thing, that's a start. And like that slow build, it pays off. Like in six months, you'll look back and those five minutes a day will add up. They do count. Yeah. And I learned that. Yeah. Yeah. And that panel discussion, that's not off the table. That's a bigger goal. But what you're seeing is like, oh, that first live that I did, that was the first step. And then I could do, you know, a blog and that was the second step. And now I can do a podcast and every podcast episode is a step closer to that bigger goal, where I think a lot of the times we see that bigger goal, we take a couple steps and then we're like, well, we don't have it yet. It's not working. I'm going to give up. But what we really have to train ourselves to do is like everything is working. And then we've got to look at how is it working? And if it's not working, what's not working about it? What's happening here? What do you want to do differently? I have a client, she wants to lose a hundred pounds. And what I told her was we are going to celebrate every pound on that way to a hundred pounds, because you can't lose a hundred pounds without losing one pound. You can't lose 10 pounds without losing one pound. So we're going to celebrate every pound on the way there because otherwise one pound is not enough. One pound's like, oh, that seems so far. And as soon as we broke it down like that, she went from, it just feels so hard and impossible to lose a hundred pounds to, oh, that seems so easy. And I think that's with anything, right? It's the same thing. My clients that feel like they don't have any time in their day. They've got kids and they've got sports and they've got, you know, all of the things. And it's like, okay, what do you think is possible for you to do today? Given your schedule, we're not going to create a new life. You have to create something that works in your life now. And then how can you use that as evidence of like, okay, I could find 10 minutes or five minutes today. Can I find 10 minutes tomorrow? And where's that 10 minutes going to come from? And am I going to make it a priority? Because we find time for things that 
we make a priority, right? And the things that we think are working. So as long as you're celebrating those wins and seeing like, oh yeah, that round table, you know, that panel, that's there and I'm getting there and I'm going to continue to take all these steps. And when I launch that, that's going to be amazing. When I launch it, I can't wait to like talk about it too. Like, I, <laughs> I'm like, I can't wait to talk about it because I love to share. Like, you know, like there's always, especially in entertainment and I've, I've worked in entertainment for a long time. So it's like, there's always the finished product, the finished mm -hmm. polished product, but no one knows about like the sleepless nights. No one knows about all the no's. No one knows about any of it. You know, it's just a, you trying to, and now in the, the, the world of the internet, the, trying to get a following and not bots and all these things, like people just see the product. So it's like, I can't wait to share the full story one day. So someone out there that's like saying, oh, I can't do it because I don't have this or I don't have that. I had a cell phone and a terrible ring light and my living room couch. And that was it. And that's how it started. And it worked. You have worked. to start somewhere. And I don't know that you'll ever have a polished, finished project because once you get there, you're going to see a bigger version of that and you're going to keep going, right? Like I think this like putting end, end zones or like end lines, finish lines, whatever, you, whatever <laughs> at the end of our thing, like makes it feel like, okay, well I'm there, but that can also like lead us to kind of giving up on ourselves a little bit. But I think as you celebrate things and you see what you are capable of doing, when you can change that story, that self-talk and be like, wow, look what I was able to do. What else is possible for me? Mm -hmm. Where else is this going to take me? Then you've got your panel discussion with 10 other levels of ideas where you want to take it. And that's such an incredible thing. But that goes with just changing that narrative in your mind from like, well, it didn't work. There's no way. I don't even have a following. And I all I've got is my phone and a crappy light ring light like this is never going to work to i'm going to try this out i'm going to see how this goes i'm going to experiment with this and if we can do that with any of our goals like, let's just experiment let's just do this thing let's look at what worked and what didn't work and let's go back and try it again mm -hmm. i agree there's this thing that is in my head forever now it's, it's like seared into my mind and i saw it it was like just a quick little Facebook post that said two day, no, it said one day or two day. And now that's in my mind forever because like, yeah, do you, is it, are you going to wait one, one day, one day I'll do it, one day I'll do it, or today I'll do it. And everyone deserves to do it today. Like if you're yeah. listening even right now and there's something that you want, you deserve to do it today. You deserve to rip these earphones out or turn your radio down as soon as this podcast is over and you deserve to do it today, right now. Yeah. And also get curious, what it, what does someday look like? I always find that so interesting when people are like, oh, I'll start when, or someday I'll do that. Well, what is someday? How will you know when someday gets here? What do you need to think and feel in order to feel ready? Because we never really feel ready. You just have to decide to do it. It's all a decision. It's, it goes back to that comfort, I guess, like us wanting to hold on to, we always stray back to that line of comfort. Like, oh, yeah, let's go oh. over here where it's safe <laughs> and familiar. Right. And that's the thing. We only build comfort from doing. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So it's like, you have to do away with that. Um, so what are, I'll, I'll ask you like, just like some basic like habits mm -hmm. that you would share, like, um, 
to help kind of get out of that. Like, I know I mentioned like telling Monica to go away today or I count backwards, but like from your point of view, what would you offer? Yeah, so I recommend, so what I take my clients through, which I'll share here in case it's helpful for anybody, is awareness, release of judgment, and then rewriting your story. And I think the most powerful way to do this is that awareness piece. Like you have to be aware of the stories that you're telling yourself. And the best way that I have found to do that, it has worked for me, it has worked for my clients, is to get it out of your head and onto paper. And whether you do this once or you do it every day, just writing down, it's like a, the script in your mind. What are the thoughts that are coming on? Just get them all out on paper. How are you talking to yourself? Write that narrative down as if you were writing a book. And don't even think about it. Just write them. You know, it's like the train of thought writing or whatever that's called, where you just write it all. It doesn't have to make any sense, but get it out of your head. There is magic that happens when we get things on paper. And it's like a transition that our brain needs to see, wait a minute, this is how I'm talking to myself. And then you can read it back and you can start to notice what self-talk are you having that feels good, that inspires you, right? Because there is useful and positive self-talk. And then there's the negative self-talk. And that's going to look different for all of us. It's which sentences inspire you? Which ones make you feel like I can take another step today? Which ones make you feel like, okay, I'm, I am who I meant to be. I can do this, whatever that may be. And which ones bring you down? And then just notice them. And it's not about, I can't believe I'm saying this stuff to myself. It's not about, you know, any sort of judgment of it. We just have to do it from a very neutral place. So read those thoughts back and identify what are the thoughts that I have that really do support me, that make me feel good, that inspire me to go out and experiment with something today or come back to something that I know works for me and then do more of that. And is there anything else that you want to be telling yourself that you're not currently telling yourself now? And I think that is the most difficult part, right? Because we want to come back to those thoughts that are comfortable for us, the ones that bring us down because they're, they feel safe. They feel like the truth. They feel like what we know. But when we practice rewriting our story, we can come back to, wait, wait, no, I'm not having that thought anymore, right? It's that mean girl trying to get in the driver's seat and you can just say, I hear you, but I'm not listening to you today. Like take your back seat. I'm in the driver's seat and then come back to one of those thoughts or a new thought that just moves you forward a little bit, that presses that gas pedal down a little bit. When she comes in and tries to press the brake, you just gotta put your foot back on the gas pedal. I um, know I talk about Monica. I've been talking about Monica a lot. And my reason for that is um, I'm actually working on a project and I'm using Monica as like the, my muse, my, and, it, and I got that from actually what you were talking about, I have like a book probably this thick of me just writing mm. whenever I was having those conversations with myself, I wrote them out. I didn't say them out loud, but I wrote them out and I read them back to myself and asked myself, why? Why are you saying that to you? Why are you treating yourself that way? Why? 
why are you making yourself believe this? And like those things, I have a, a big thing with self-sabotage, had a big thing with self-sabotage. So I would talk myself into something that I knew deep down inside I was more than capable of doing. So, and then I would talk myself right back out of it, just like that. Like it'll get to that part where, or I would start actually doing it and doing well and stop myself. Like, like you were almost at the finish line and I would just stop running the race and walk over to the sideline. And I got to a point where I was like, why do you keep doing that to yourself? And you're watching everybody else complete their race. Why aren't you completing yours? What are you doing, girl? That that opened up a whole new world for me. And that's another reason why. So you guys keep hearing that. So passionate about this because I want to see everyone run their race and I want them to be successful in it. Like everyone's version of success is their own. Everyone's story is their own. I just want to see people be happy in it. So yeah. I put myself out there and talk about it to hopefully just inspire someone else to get up and say, yeah, today. Yeah. And I love that because you talked about like, you would look over and see somebody else finishing their race. And like, now you're like, I just want to inspire somebody. And I think we so often go into that compare and despair. Well, this person's finishing their race. Why can't I do it? Or what's wrong with me? They're doing it. Or I can't do what they are. You know, it's that whole comparison thing. And I think we're using comparison in the wrongest way possible (laughs) For, for, for not using a word, right? It's just, we should be looking at others and being like, they are evidence that it's possible. They are evidence that if they can do it, I can do it too. Rather than, well, they're doing it. I don't, I'm never going to be able to do it. Like whatever we do it all of the time. But instead of that, like just change that story just a little bit and use that as evidence, you know, going back to the million dollars, you know, oh, well, they're making a million dollars. That's not fair. Well, what about they made a million dollars? That means it's possible I could make a million dollars too. I'm going to ask you the big question. And the big question, my big show question, everybody. Um, what does selective hearing mean to you? Mm. For me, it is that putting that mean girl in the back seat. I think I spent a lot of my life trying to ignore it and shove it down, you know, like, and finding compassion for that, that inner voice, the Monica, that inner mean girl and allowing her to speak up without losing control over what you want to think or that story that you want to tell yourself. And I think being able to hear it and not spiral into the negative downward tunnel that it can so often take us down of wanting to give up, believing that it's not working and just having compassion for that voice. I mean, like, I hear you today. I'm choosing not to listen to you. To me, I think that is the most powerful selective hearing that we can have because that voice is always going to be there. Like I tell my clients all the time, it's not about eliminating that voice. Like if your main goal is to eliminate that negative voice inside your head, you are going to fail because it's always going to be there. Like we talked about, it's trying to keep us safe. It's our innate nature that like have this voice to keep us safe. What we want to do is just lower it down. You know, if you can take it for me, it was a 10 at one point in my life. Now she's about a two, you know, someday she spikes back up. But then I can come back to like, let me just turn her down a little bit. I hear her. I'm going to look for all of the reasons why what she's saying is not true. 
and I'm going to choose to just not listen to her today. I'm going to bring myself back over here into the driver's seat. My foot is on the gas pedal, not others. So for all the listeners that would like to contact you and ask you questions or use your services, how can they do that? Yeah, so I am at Wellness with Abby H. Um, that's my website. Uh, happy to answer any questions. I do offer free consultations if anybody is interested in exploring what their inner mean girl and their health and wellness journey looks like. And most active on Instagram at Wellness with Abby H as well, where I give lots of these sort of mindset shifts and, and healthy tips to create more confidence in your life. And all of that information, as always, will be listed in the show description. So just hit the drop down tab, read all about this episode, and you can connect with the guest. And also everyone, if you go to selectivehearingshow.com, there has been a resource page added to my site. So just click resources and every guest that has ever been on this season, you can find their website there. Just click away and ask all the questions that you need to ask. So before we close, I love to have the guests just offer a special encouraging word. So could you do that for us, please? Yeah, I will bring it back to what I said earlier in that you are exactly where you are supposed to be in this moment in time. And you have everything that you need right now. It doesn't mean that you can't want to change or create something different in your life, but right now you have everything that you need and you are the person that you are meant to be right now to take that next step. And like you said, don't wait for someday, take the step today. You, I don't think you ever regret taking a step to better your life. That was beautiful. <laughs> Thank you so much for being here. Thank you so much for having this conversation with us. Everyone, I will be back next week with another special guest. So until next week, this is Selective Hearing.